Okratov, good morning. Welcome to our Aliyah day on this amazing and wonderful prep day. I am glad that you're with me. Excuse me one second. I've got to raise that picture up. My, <laughs> my chair hits it. I'm sorry about that. It's sorry. Uh, it's live TV. This is what happens. Uh, glad that you are here with us. All of you precious people who are here for the Aliyah day on this prep day. Shalom. Welcome. Blessings. And I've got some exciting figures, some exciting stats for you. First of all, fall has finally arrived here in the great state of Tejas. It is 47 degrees outside. It was 147 yesterday. And uh, actually it wasn't. It was 90-something. But anyway, it felt like 147. And then it dropped to 47 degrees. So I wore... A jacket to work is amazing. So anyway, uh, Baruch Hashem. So here we are. Welcome to the Lapid Judaism channel. Glad you're here. If you're new, please uh, subscribe to our channel. Be sure and click the bell icon so that you can stay up to date on all the amazing insights that we have coming out. Please be sure to share this with all of your friends and family and co-workers and beautiful people that you know. They would love this. I just want to tell everybody, we now have 3,186 subscribers on this channel. It is an amazing blessing to have so many wonderful people. Just this week, since Yom Rishon, just want to encourage you, since Yom Rishon, we have had 976 people subscribe to our channel just this week. So uh, Hashem is doing an amazing work. It's just a, a, uh, an amazing blessing. And may Hashem help us to, um, you know, continue to be a good light, a, a faithful light, a righteous light uh, to help people to grow and to learn. I've said lately to several people that, uh, that this is a place to, to learn and it's also a place to unlearn. There's a, there's a great deal to learn, and there's probably more to unlearn. So I want to encourage everyone who's joining us here on the Lapid Judaism uh, channel. We are uh, Lapid Judaism. I'm Rabbi Mordecai Griffin. Nice to meet you. And the uh, founder of Lapid Judaism. This is a Torah true and Orthodox Judaism centered on Messiah Yeshua. With all due respect and with much love and empathy and compassion, we just want to make clear that we are not Hebrew roots, we are not sacred name cult, we are not Christians, we're not Messianics, uh, we are Lapid Judaism, and so um, we welcome you, and we welcome you here to learn, But as and I'm sure if you look at the uh, comments on the, uh, the live feed here, what do you call it, live chat, the live chat, that the people will tell you there's a lot to learn and a lot to unlearn, and that's, that goes for uh, everybody. Also, Sar Shalom Synagogue channel. And other news, Sar Shalom Synagogue YouTube channel, where you can find uh, all of the droshes and some other classes. Probably the most important class on that channel is the, uh, the history and effects of anti-Semitism. Uh, anti but I digress. We just reached 1,000 subscribers on the Sar Shalom Synagogue uh, channel. 1,000. So that's amazing, isn't it? So, Baruch Hashem for that. Yeah, I put out pictures yesterday on the Sar Shalom Synagogue Facebook page. If you have not uh, been to the Sar Shalom Synagogue Facebook page, or maybe you don't know that one exists, it does. We also have a Lapid Judaism Facebook page. 
We have Twitter accounts. We have, what do you call those things? Uh, Instagram. I'm not sure what you do with Instagram, but I'm sure my daughters will tell me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we have, I put po- uh, pictures up there and a video of the mikvah. The mik- actually, it's mikvot. We're actually building two mikvahs. We're building a men's mikvah and a women's mikvah. And uh, some of you saw those pictures yesterday, uh, how they're coming along, and, and, and uh, it's just amazing. It's, it's incredible. I met with some other people yesterday that are going to be uh, doing the build-out uh, to enclose the mikvot and to do construction there. And it, uh, I mean, it's possible that the mikvahs may be ready uh, uh, by Hanukkah. I mean, I don't know. It's possible. We don't, we don't know. Uh, anything could happen, but... Uh, it's, it's, it's a possibility. So, uh, this is historic. First time ever, a actual kosher mikvah, a bor algabai bor mikvah has been made for a synagogue that believes in Messiah Yeshua, a Torah true synagogue. First time in 2000 years. It's a big historic project. I want to encourage you, if you'll allow me to, um, uh, to encourage you to give to the, um, the mikvah project, the mikvah shaloh project. I'll put the I'll put that in the comments here in the description. Please give to this historic project and be a part of it. It's amazing. And uh, Hadash, you're right. It's raining too. Raining on top of all that. I won't sing the song. Some of you are thinking to yourself, he's about to sing the song. I feel the rain. I'm not going to sing it. I know. Every time I sing, people cry. And people say, please stop. I can't take it anymore. I misinterpreted that to mean that they were being moved emotionally. Uh, I didn't realize it was uh, pain. So here we are, the last Aliyah of the synagogue reading, Parsha HaZinu. And uh, so many good things to read. So, uh, and we're going to look at the sixth and seventh Aliyah. We are in the Art Scroll Chumash, the stone edition, the Art Scroll Chumash, which you can purchase on artscroll.com if you want to buy the Chumash. And because there's so many new people, let me go ahead and just. I'll just lift up my chumash, and that way you can see it. This, when you go to artscroll.com, you're looking for this. It's a chumash, which is pronounced chumash, not chumash. Um, and so, it has all the Torah portions in it, uh, from all the five uh, books of Torah, plus the Haftorah, which is the prophets, and tons of commentary. It also has the five Megillot. It's really worth it. It's, I recommend all new people. To get this first, there it is right there, the Stone Edition Chumash, you can see it, artscroll.com, buy yours today. I also want to tell people, this is a public service announcement, that uh, during the eight days of Hanukkah, which is actually pronounced Hanukkah, uh, it's spelled 15 different ways, but it's pronounced Hanukkah, Um, during the eight days of Hanukkah, Art Scroll typically has uh, some pretty significant sales on certain publications. We never know what publications are going to be, but sometimes it can be as much as 40% off. Sometimes they put uh, sets on sale too. So I just, you know, when you're thinking about that, and when you're, you know, you're sitting around, it's getting ready to be Hanukkah time, you're wondering, what should I get, Rabbi? And I just want to tell you, the Art Scroll, <laughs> they have sales. All right, I'm in a good mood because it's nice and cool outside. It's not a thousand degrees. I love Texas, but I don't like Texas summers. That's just me. Verse 40, chapter 32. All right, let's get to it, shall we? 
all the news all the news has been given, right? I didn't leave anything out. Oh, Sukkot starts Sunday night. Don't forget that. And if you don't have your sukkah, your sukkah up now, you should uh, you should do that. A kosher sukkah. If you don't know what a kosher sukkah is, that's that's awesome. Uh, just let us know. We'll tell you what it is. All right, verse uh, forty. Shalom, John from India. I think it is so cool. We have somebody who watches from India, and other people who watch from other places too. It's amazing. Uh, but India. I love Indian food, John. I want some kosher Indian food next time you're visiting the United States. Not that you have to. I'm just telling you. I love it. All right. uh, Verse 44. I shall raise my hand to heaven and say, as I live forever. If I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand grasps judgment, I shall return vengeance upon my enemies. And upon those who hate me shall I bring retribution. I shall intoxicate my arrows with blood and my sword shall devour flesh because of the blood of corpse and cavity, a cap, uh, excuse me, because of the blood of corpse and captive, because of the earliest depredations of the enemy. O nation, sing the praises of his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. He will bring retribution upon his foes and he will appease his land and his people. Verse uh, 44. This starts the seventh Aliyah for those of you who are uh, following along, Moshe came and spoke all the words of this song in the ears of the people, and he and Hosea, son of Nun, Moshe concluded, speaking all these words to Israel. And he said to them, Apply your hearts to all the words that I testify against you today, with which you are to instruct your children to be careful to perform all the words of this Torah. Be careful. Say that with me. Be careful to perform all the words of this Torah. Isn't that interesting? I, I, I've said uh, on several aliyot over the course of the last few weeks that it is so critical <clears throat> to understand that um, Moses is about to depart, and very often when people are leaving, they, they want to share with their loved ones and their friends what they consider to be the most important thing for them to know in order for them to be successful the remainder of their life. And I want you to understand that Moshe, who was extremely close to God, in terms of prophets, probably the closest ever to God. And he's saying to us, listen, be careful to perform the words of Torah. And then later, I want you to understand that this is the Bible we're reading. <clears throat> this is the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, the Tanakh, the Torah, the Word of God, the Holy Writ. Scripture. The Scripture is telling us to be careful to perform all the words of the Torah. And then what happens later in life is that somebody writes a letter to their community and that letter is interpreted to mean that we're supposed to ignore the Scriptures. Which is crazy. It's crazy. People say, well, I know the Bible said to keep the words of Torah, but Paul said. I want you to think about that statement for a moment. First of all, Paul kept the Torah too, and he never taught to do otherwise. So let's not bash Paul, okay? He's been misunderstood, unfortunately. I'm sure that if he were able to return uh, at this moment, he'd probably rebuke a lot of people who are teaching falsely in his name. But I want you to think about for a moment when you say, the Bible says this, and then somebody says, yeah, but Paul said. Think about that. Just let that sink in for a moment. 
God said this. Yeah, but Paul said. Verse 47, For it is not an empty thing for you, for it is your life. And through this matter shall you prolong your days on the land to which you crossed the Jordan to possess it. Verse 48, Adonai spoke to Moshe on that very day, saying, Ascend to this mount of Abarim, Mount Nebo. Not Nemo, but Nebo. We're finding Nebo, not Nemo. Which is the land of Moab, which is where, which is before Jericho. So we're talking about an area down in the uh, Dead Sea. It says, uh, where'd I go? Oh, uh, which is before Jericho, and see the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as an inheritance, and die on the mountain where you will be, where you will ascend, where you make Aliyah. It's literally what the uh, word is saying there. Well, you will uh, ascend and make uh, Aliyah there uh, on that place. So it says, yeah, Ole. I just was looking at the Hebrew side to verify that. Yeah, Umut Bachara Sherata Ole Shama Vechasef. Yes, so uh, you're going to make Aliyah, literally, and be gathered to your people. As Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Or, as your people gathered to his people, because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah and the wilderness of Zin, because you did not sanctify me among the children of Israel, for from a distance shall you see the land, but you shall not enter there into the land that I give to the children of Israel. That's the end of our Torah portion. That's the end of Ha'azinu. We've read, thank God, through the entire uh, song. So I want to share a few insights here. Things that will inspire us prayerfully, <coughs> encourage us. First and foremost, this is a little insight here from the Gutnik Humash. just want to read this to you because I've talked before about the importance of bringing children to the synagogue, even little bitty children. And I've said before, you know, we bring our children and, uh, you know, people may say, well, they get a little, they get a little uh, rambunctious or whatever, little children, they cry. That's fine. If they're disturbing people around you, then, and, uh, you know, you, should, you, should, you can get up and take them out of the sanctuary or take them to the mother's room or take them walk them up and down the hall, whatever. Uh, but the good thing is for them to be there to absorb the words of Torah and their little souls, their little spirits. So it says here, the Torah teaches a person to ask your father about one generation or another, about the days of the Mashiach and the world to come. This is what brings down by Rashi and says, and he will tell you. Here we see that a father should educate his children about the concepts of the Mashiach and not leave the child to pick up knowledge on the matter by himself. So as all of us probably know, the concept that we're going to let our children figure it out for themselves uh, is totally, utterly not a godly concept. It says, even though the concept of Mashiach is a lofty one with immense mystical significance, which can only be fully appreciated by an adult, nevertheless, it remains one of the principles of our faith which needs to be taught to children even at a young age. By the way, as an aside, somebody recently asked on the, uh, I think it was on the Yom Kippur video, that how can we be Orthodox and believe in the Mashiach when Orthodox don't believe in the Mashiach? First of all, Orthodox believe in the Mashiach. All Jews believe in the Mashiach. If you don't believe in the Mashiach, you can't really be Jewish. But anyway, I just want to say... Um, of course, they were talking about Messiah Yeshua, but I just want to say there's no halacha anywhere 
in any Jewish source, the Shulchan Aruch, the Mishnah Baruah, Sefer Chinuk, there's nowhere anywhere that says that a Jew cannot believe in any particular Mashiach. And one of the reasons for this is because you can't codify as law something that's so mystical, which has made me think about it here when it's talking about even though the concepts of the Messiah are mystical and very, very deep, still the children should be taught about him. So you can't say, well, it's against the law for a Jew to believe in Yeshua. Therefore, if you don't believe in Yeshua, you're not a Jew. That is nonsense. It's not anywhere despite the propaganda. So it says, obviously, the educational uh, approach will be different in the case of children than with adults. For example, with a child, we might stress the fact that with the coming of the Mashiach, delicacies will be as plentiful as dust, according to Rambam. I don't know about you, but that works for children. It also works for a lot of other people I know who are adults. (laughs) Just saying. And it says, as this is something which the child can relate to easily, and it's, of course, totally true. It is true. So it says, naturally, when the child matures, so will his perceptions of the Mashiach. But we cannot wait for children to grow up before teaching them about the major principles of our faith. Rather, when still very young, a child should be taught to cry out earnestly and enthusiastically by saying, we want Mashiach now. So I just want to say that it's considered a good thing, obviously, to teach our children to cry out for the Mashiach. We should have their little voices crying out, Mashiach, 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 that uh, the Mashiach should come, and that that way, out of the mouth of babes, uh, he might ordain praise. Another insight from the Gutna Kumash, just another thought here I just wanted to share because it uh, was a good one, I thought. Anyway, it says, The Baal Shem Tov taught, The quality of essence is such that as soon as one grasps a teeny part of the essence, one grasps the whole of it. Now, this is a very important aspect, too, because we talked about during the Yom, uh, during Yom Kippur, I think I, I brought this down during the Drash of Yom Kippur, that <clears throat> many people think, um, that to become a Zadik, you have to be somebody who is uh, a Torah scholar and, and basically you walk on water and you don't sin and you don't even think about sinning and basically you don't have an evil inclination. I can assure you that that is not a Zadik. A Zadik, from the, from the standpoint of Jewish idea, is somebody who makes Juva. Somebody who looks at the forbidden fruit and says, uh, mm-mm. Nope, not going to do it. And someone who has, has those kinds of thoughts or whatever, but resists them, that's exotic. And I should also say, because people come to me all the time, and thank God, and they say, you know, I, gosh, there's so much to learn, so much to do, I don't know what to do, and, and, and they feel kind of overwhelmed. And we would say, I would say to them, that first of all, you should take your Torah observance one step at a time. It's not ever good, nor is it healthy, to just try to be a super Jew overnight. It's not, not good, not healthy. Best thing to do is take it slow, take it easy, uh, incorporate things, maybe start to kind of eat kosher, start to kind of, you know, enjoy the process. You ladies out there, tell me if you don't agree with this. Enjoy the process of koshering your kitchen. By the way, there's a book 
Rebetzin talks about it all the time. My wife, Rebetzin, 30 days to kosher. Okay. Um, so that the, the title of the book tells you right there, take it slow, 30 days to kosher. Okay. But enjoy the process. Go to some place like Ross's. And uh, if y'all have Ross in other parts of the country, I don't know. And buy, uh, you know, start to buy your, your brand new dairy silverware or maybe your brand new meat silverware. What lady out there, don't raise your hand, doesn't like to go shopping? Enjoy the process. It's supposed to be fun. The most important thing, the point I'm trying to make here is the most important thing is to begin. And that's what it's saying here that the Basham Tov taught that we grab the essence of something once we grab even the least part of it. Like grabbing hold of the seat seat of the Mashiach. Once we grow up, grab hold of the seat seat of the Mashiach, we grab hold of the Mashiach, even though we, all we have is a seat seat. So it says, uh, thus it follows that since all Jews, that is God's people, have a godly soul, which is literally a portion of God above, God's portion, then even when that soul undergoes a long journey towards this world, it remains inseparably bound to the essence of God. Just wanted to share that insight uh, because it's, I find it very encouraging uh, because many people think about observing the Torah. You hear people say things like, nobody can observe the whole Torah. And uh, they, they talk about the Torah very disparagingly. First of all, it's not that we can't obey the Torah, it's that we choose not to. Because I'm telling you something right now. If God gave us a law that he knew we couldn't keep, and then he decided that he's going to send us to hell for not keeping it when he knows we can't keep it, that's not justice. Nobody would give their, a, a commandment to their child that they knew the child could not keep. They knew it. This minute they give them the command, they knew that the child was not going to be able to do it. And then when the parent finds out the child didn't do the commandment, which he knew they couldn't do, then he decides to punish him severely for it. That parent and most just societies would go to jail. Uh, that's called child abuse. And so we, but we theologically say that that's what God does all the time. He's give, he gave us some laws he knew we couldn't keep. And then he told us that we're going to go to hell for not keeping them. And then he comes around and saves us from the law that we couldn't keep, which is a very, very strange theological idea. It would mean that an unjust God, Hasve Shalom, um, was abusing us and then somehow came along and saved us. That's, that's really, if you really think about it, that's really how abusers work, isn't it? Um, but I just want to tell you that that is not the case. The fact of the matter is we have a law we could keep, but we chose not to keep it, and therefore our guilt is on us, which is why he has to save us. So I want to go back to something I left off with yesterday. It's all very logical, isn't it? You don't have to really be a genius. You just have to follow things logically. And sometimes we th say things, and they sound very, very good. They sound uh, very, very spiritual. But when you actually analyze what we're saying, it doesn't make any sense at all. <clears throat> um, so, this is why I like to tell people and train people in, and to, to, be, uh, cr to be critical thinkers and to, and to use logic, okay? So, I want to, I want to go back and, and look at a few things here. 
something I left off with yesterday. It's kind of a bombshell, um, but it's so such a great insight. It says um, he will say, "Where is their God, the Rock, in whom they sought refuge?" So it says the Talmud Gittin fifty six b cites this verse in connection of the destruction of the second temple by the Roman general Titus. So it says Titus was a blasphemer. He took a sword and um, he went into the he went into the uh, the temple and he, he defiled the temple. He did very, very bad things in the temple. And then one of the last things he did, it was <clears throat> he decided he would thrust his sword through the parochet. Now the parochet is the curtain, of course, that separates the Holy of Holies from the uh, holy place. Now where he where he desecrated everything was inside the, the Holy of Holies, but he thrust his sword through the parochet. And when he did that, it, the uh, Talmud tells us that blood came forth from the parochet. And we learn, of course, in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10 and verse 20, that the, the parochet, the curtain, is likened to the body of Mashiach. And that, by the way, is not an uh, unusual thought in Judaism. So what Titus did is when he saw that, he, he, he assumed that that was the blood of God. And therefore, he felt like he had actually, literally, killed God. Isn't that a, a remarkable uh, insight to that, I thought? So, um, I want to share another insight here that uh, goes to verse, let's see, this is going to be verse 48. It says, Hashem took Moshe on that very day, saying, Ascend to this mount of Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, which is before Jericho, and see the land of Canaan that I give to the children of Israel as an inheritance. So Rabbi Monk brings down a couple of thoughts. First of all, this is a highlighted thought here. Uh, the Mishnah adds that the study of Torah is unique among the mitzvot. Uh, for it is equivalent to all the other co- mitzvot combined. Why? Because when one studies the Torah, it leads to the observance of all the other mitzvot. This is a comment from Rambam, who is commenting to Megillah 27a. Now, in in his letter, <clears throat> uh, the uh, Apostle Yaakov, commonly called James, um, he wrote and he said, look, be, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. He said that somebody who's a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word, um, is like someone who looks into a mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like. Now, the mirror is an allusion there to the Torah. We have to look into the Torah, and we have to walk away and do the Torah. So, many people think that uh, the, the highest form of worship is praise and worship, you know, musical praise and worship, or maybe the highest form of, of our obedience to God is our faith, but that's not it. The highest form of our worship, the highest form of our, of our, our true faith or whatever is 
to actually obey God's word. And, and that's why study of the Torah is considered one of the highest mitzvahs. So going back to Moses being brought up to the mountain, the Sifra points out that Moses' death, this is what Rabbi Monk is, is saying here, um, the Sifra points out that Moses' death was not an ending, but an ascent, and that is why it is ascribed with the words uh, Ele, go up, right? Like Aliyah, like the same uh, root. So the Midrash in uh, Ta'anim 2.16 states that on the day of his death, Moses had the supreme honor of seeing the reward waiting him in the world to come. He also saw the Messiah who showed him the earthly temple and the corresponding celestial temple that Hashem would one day build. So right away we see the Mashiach is not just a human being. He's a divine Mashiach, of course. And uh, we relate the Mashiach to Memtet. Uh, that's, there's more on that later. But it says, then it says, Moshe then offered to be uh, the Merchet Yishlayim, which is the one who would tell good tidings to Jerusalem in Isaiah 40 and verse 9. So it goes on to say in the commentary that indeed Hashem told Moses that just as he watched over his children in this world, that he would watch over them in the world to come. And it says, now this, is, this next part is, is fascinating because how many of you remember in the Gospels, where uh, Yeshua is on the mountain and he's transfigured, and standing with him is Elijah and Moses, right? Interesting why it is specifically those people. Symbolically, Moses represents the, uh, the Torah of God, and Elijah represents the Spirit of God. So uh, the Torah likened to water, the Spirit likened to fire. Yeshua brings both those concepts together, fire and water together. But here's what this says. And Hashem promised that one day he would send him with the prophet Elijah to announce the coming of the Mashiach. That's from Tanaim 2.16, also in Targum Yushalayim to Devarim 33.21. Let me just read this one time more as we conclude today. God told Moses that one day I'm going to send you with the prophet Elijah to announce the coming of the Mashiach. My friends, he did so on Mount Tabor with Mashiach to announce the coming of the Mashiach. And may he and Elijah return speedily and soon to announce the coming of the Mashiach and the final redemption. End of our Aliyah today. May you have a blessed, wonderful, and amazing uh, Shabbat. I pray that you will be with us on Shabbat, either in person if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or within 100 miles of Fort Worth. If you live within 100 miles, you should come in person. Otherwise, you can watch online. If you live anywhere in Los Estados Unidos, you can watch us, well, actually in the whole world. If you live anywhere in the world, you can watch us on live stream. Uh, and if you live in uh, Tulsa, Houston, New York, Kansas City, and uh, Boston area, you can join people who have Lapid uh, houses and there's a Lapid synagogue in Tulsa. Anyway, if, just let us know. We might be able to connect you with somebody in person, but otherwise, you can join the thousands who watch us as part of our online community, and we love that, and we love you, and we wish you all the best. 
May you have much shalom, Shabbat shalom.